one final call yet, so a bit of a cliffhanger here, but Michio will be back with us next week, uh, next Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock with Exploration. There's the final call. We did it, Michio. Okay. Fantastic. Great. Thank you. Talk with you next week. Okay. Coming up next here on KPFA, an hour-long free speech radio news special featuring excerpts of a debate on Israel between Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz and MIT Professor of Linguistics Noam Chomsky. Cover to cover, we'll be back a week from today here on KPFA. Right now, music. You're listening to KPFA, KPFB in Berkeley, KFCF in Fresno. Film. Radio 2050. The collision of Latino politics and art in Northern California. Radio 2050. The anticipated year when the majority turns. La gente moving together toward tomorrow's majority. Join host Paul S. Flores and the Aztec Parrot on Saturday night, 6.30 to 7. On Free Speech Radio, KPFA 94.1, Berkeley. Coming up in a free speech radio news fundraising special, we bring you a debate on one of the most contentious issues in international politics today, the future of Israel and Palestine. Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz argues for a political solution based on an Israeli withdrawal from Palestinian towns and a mobile security fence to protect Israel's borders. MIT Professor Noam Chomsky says that the main obstacle to peace in the region is U.S.-Israeli insistence on maintaining settlements and rejecting minimal Palestinian rights. The two intellectual titans faced off at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government last month. We'll be offering a video recording on DVD at the debate you're about to hear for $100 at 1-800-439-5732. Without further ado, we bring you the opening remarks of Alan Dershowitz. I believe that even Professor Chomsky and I have the same basic agreement about a number of very important elements of what a pragmatic resolution might look like. Professor Chomsky now acknowledges that the two-state solution may be, quote, the best of the rotten ideas around. I'll settle for that. He also seems to acknowledge that those who advocate the so-called Palestinian right of return are pandering to their people and misleading them into believing that there is yet another weapon, a demographic weapon, that can destroy Israel. I think we both agree that Jerusalem should be divided essentially along demographic lines, with the Palestinians controlling the Palestinian population and Israel controlling the Jewish population, that the borders between Israel and the Palestinian state should be based roughly on the UN Resolution 242, that Israel properly ended its occupation of the Gaza and that it should end its occupation of all Palestinian cities and population centers on the West Bank, that terrorism must stop, and that the Palestinian state that results from this peace must be as contiguous as possible and economically and politically viable. There remain considerable differences between us, and more importantly, between the Israeli government and the Palestinian Authority, that must resolve these issues and actually sit down and make peace. Some of these differences are 
attitudinal. I believe that peace is a realistic possibility. Whereas Professor Chomsky apparently believes there is no chance for peace, at least as reflected by the German title of his new book, Keiner Schantz für Frieden, which translates as no chance for peace, why a Palestinian state is not possible to be established with Israel and the United States. I hope you're wrong. Other differences are quite specific, relating to precise boundaries and considerations that are quite important, the devil always being in the details. I strongly believe, however, that there is a genuine will for peace on both sides now, and that the pragmatic differences can and will be resolved. Many of those who support the Palestinian cause tend to be virulently opposed to Israel, comparing the Jewish state to Nazism and apartheid, comparing Shimon Peres to Hitler and Idi Amin, calling Israel the world's worst human rights violators, and suggesting that Israel should be flattered by a comparison with the Gestapo. These are all quotes, the Amin-Hitler quote from Professor Chomsky, the comparison with Gestapo from Norman Finkelstein. Whereas most of those on the Israeli side tend to be supportive of a peaceful Palestinian state. Put another way, pro-Palestinians tend to be anti-Israel, whereas pro-Israelis are often pro-Palestinian as well. It was not the Israelis who scuttled the United Nations two-state solution in 1948 and themselves originally occupied Gaza and the West Bank with little or no objection from the international community. That was Egypt and Jordan. It was not the Israelis who turned down Resolution 242 in 1967 with the famous three no's, no negotiation, no peace, and no recognition. As Abba Ibn put it, this is the first time in history that the side who won the war sued for peace and the side that lost the war demanded unconditional surrender. It was not Israel that turned down the generous offer at Camp David and Taba. The Palestinian leadership has never missed an opportunity to miss an opportunity, but it is not too late for peace now. I wish to end my opening remarks today by making a specific proposal directed to my distinguished opponent. I propose here today a peace treaty among academics who purport to favor peace between Israel and the Palestinians. I believe that by agreeing to this peace treaty and by implementing it, academics can actually contribute to encouraging a pragmatic peace. I call today for those who have supported the Palestinian cause to stop demonizing Israel, to stop delegitimating Israel, to stop defaming Israel, to stop applying a double standard to Israel, to stop divestiture and boycotts of Israel, and most importantly, to stop being more Palestinian than the Palestinians themselves. I call on academics who support Israel not to call for a greater Israel, nor to call for a continuation of the occupation of Palestinian cities, to stop being more Israeli than the Israelis themselves, and to join the vast majority of Israeli and American supporters of Israel who favor the two-state solution. If the two elder statesmen of Israel, Sharon and Perez, can place pragmatism before ideology and peace before party and come together toward the center in the interest of a pra pragmatic peace, then surely two elder statesmen of the American academic debate over Israel who share this platform tonight can also make our contribution to the peace process by encouraging those who respect us and sometimes follow our guidance to move closer to the center 
and closer to accepting a pragmatic, non-ideological resolution of this bitter conflict. Ecclesiastes many years ago said, to everything there is a season, a time to throw stones, a time to gather stones, a time for war and a time for peace. This is the season of peace. Let us not let it pass us by. Thank you very much. That's the voice of Alan Dershowitz in a debate on the future of Israel and Palestine with Noam Chomsky. The debate took place last month at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government, and it's available for a pledge of $100 at 1-800-439-5732. If you're just joining us, Cover to Cover will be back at its regular time next week. Right now, we're going to take you to opening statements from Noam Chomsky. The question of where we're going now uh, has a clear answer. Uh, it's given accurately by the leading academic specialist on the occupation, uh, Harvard's Sarah Roy. Uh, she writes that under the terms of disengagement, Gazans are virtually sealed within the Strip, while West Bankers, their lands dismembered by relentless Israeli settlement, will continue to be penned into fragmented geographic spaces, isolated behind and between walls and barriers. Uh, her judgment is affirmed by Israel's leading specialist on the West Bank, uh, Mehran Benvenisti, uh, who writes that the separation wall snaking through the West Bank will create three Bantu stands, his words, north, central, and south, all virtually separated from East Jerusalem, the center of Palestinian commercial, cultural, and political life. And he adds that uh, this, what he calls the soft transfer from Jerusalem, that is an unavoidable result of the separation wall, might achieve its goal. Quoting still, the goal of disintegration of the Palestinian community after many earlier attempts have failed. The human disaster being planned, he continues, will turn hundreds of thousands of people into a sullen community, hostile and nurturing a desire for revenge. It's another example of the sacrifice of security to expansion that's been going on for a long time. A European Union report concludes that U.S.-backed Israeli programs will virtually end the prospects for a viable Palestinian state by the cantonization and by breaking the organic links between East Jerusalem and the West Bank. A human Rights Watch in a recent statement concurs. There was no effort to conceal the fact that Gaza disengagement was in reality West Bank expansion. Uh, the official plan for disengagement stated that Israel will permanently take over major population centers, cities, towns and villages, security areas, and other places of special interest to Israel in the West Bank. Now, that was endorsed by the U.S. ambassador, as it had been by the president, breaking sharply with U.S. policy. Uh, along with the disengagement plan, Israel announced investment of tens of millions of dollars in West Bank settlements. Prime Minister Sharon immediately approved new housing units in the town of Ma'ale Adumim, to the east of Jerusalem, the core of the salient that divides the southern from the central Bantustan, to use Benvenisti's term, and also announced other expansion plans. Now, there is near unanimity that all of this violates international law. The consensus was expressed by U.S. Judge Bergenthal 
in his separate declaration attached to the world court judgment ruling that the separation wall is illegal. In Bergenthal's words, the Fourth Geneva Convention and international human rights law are applicable to the occupied Palestinian territory and must therefore be fully complied with by Israel. Accordingly, the segments of the wall being built by Israel to protect the settlements are ipso facto in violation of international humanitarian law, uh, which uh, happens to mean about 80% of the wall. Two months later, Israel's high court rejected that judgment, ruling that the separation wall, quoting, must take into account the need to provide security for Israelis living in the West Bank, including their property rights. Uh, this is consistent with Chief Justice Barak's doctrine that Israeli law supersedes international law, particularly in East Jerusalem, annexed in violation of Security Council orders. And practically speaking, he's correct, as long as the United States continues to provide the required economic, military, and diplomatic support, as it has been doing for 30 years in violation of the uh, international consensus on a two-state settlement. That's the voice of Noam Chomsky in a debate over the future of Israel and Palestine with Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz. The debate took place last month at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government. It's available for a pledge of $100 at 1-800-439-5732. After opening statements, Chomsky and Dershowitz entered a sparring match as they took questions from the audience like this one. I'd like you to address um, the effect of the psychological effect and the physical effect of war and terrorism on Israel. That's uh, half of a very important question. The other half of it is what's the effect of war and terrorism on the Palestinians? Uh, now, if you take a look at it, we're not supposed to talk about that question here, but if you look at them both, you'll find that uh, what Benny Morris described is in fact correct. Uh, the balance of terror and violence is overwhelmingly against the Palestinians, not surprisingly, given the balance of forces. And that's even true, that's true right to the present. I mean, for, you know, for decades, uh, Israel was able to run the West Bank virtually with no forces, as Morris point, and others point out, because the population was so passive. While they were being humiliated, beaten, tortured, land stolen, and so on, just as I quoted. Uh, finally, there was a reaction. And it's interesting to see the U.S. reaction to it. In the first month of the Intifada, this one, uh, October uh, 2000, in the first month of the Intifada, uh, two, uh, 75 Palestinians, 74 Palestinians were killed. Four Israelis were killed, it's all in the occupied territories. Uh, the Israeli army, according to its own records, fired a million bullets in the first day, which disgusted the generals when they learned about it. Uh, Israel, the first few days of the Intifada, was using U.S. helicopters, they don't make them, U.S. helicopters to attack civilian complexes, apartment houses and so on, killing and wounding dozens of people. And the U.S. did respond to that. Clinton responded by sending the biggest shipment of military helicopters in a decade to Israel. Uh, the press responded, too, by not publishing it. I should add, refusing to publish it because it was repeatedly brought to their attention. Well, while the ratio was 20 to 1, which is pretty much what it's been for a long time, there was no concern here. Then over the next two, three years, the ratio reduced to closer to 3 to 1. And then came enormous concern 
about the one, not the three. And this goes back for a long time. What I quoted from Mars is accurate. Well, you know, uh, no, no follow up. A very brief response. The idea that there is this vast conspiracy between the American media and both Democrats like Clinton and Republicans like Bush to hide the truth from the American public just does not bear reality. Israel is an open society. Any newspaper can come and cover it. Why would not the newspapers cover these stories? Well, for one reason, they are figments of Chomsky's imagination. Well, then, if and they just never happen. Now, you, I want to talk about another figment of his imagination. Chomsky constantly quotes, them, constantly you, quotes, constantly quotes right. Benny Morris as if Benny Morris supports his position. What happened is Benny Morris was asked whether or not I accurately quote him in my book, The Case for Peace. And Benny Morris responded as follows. Um, he still holds the views that I attributed uh, to him, that I am right about his views, and that someone could read Morris's books, this is a quote from Morris, and arrive at exactly the same conclusions. And yet, Professor Chomsky, by selectively quoting and by picking tidbits out of context, knowing that you're not going to check up on him, tells you essentially that what you believe in the American media, whether it be the Washington Post, the Boston Globe, or the New York Times, is not true. In order to get the true meaning of the world, you have to move to planet Chomsky, where the news reflects his perspective on reality. Well, I urge you to move to the real world. Read the real news. Don't read the selective Israeli journalist that he talks about. Listen to Dennis Ross. Dennis Ross okay. actually helped to draw the maps. Professor he Dershowitz. was there when okay. I, I have to finish. I haven't done my two minutes. When he said, okay. when I asked Dennis Ross lunch today about these maps and what, what apparently Chomsky would say in response, Ross said, ask Professor Chomsky one thing. Were you there? Dennis Ross was there. He knows what maps were presented to the Palestinians and what they rejected. Thank you. The Thank head of the Shimon Paris, the head of the Shimon Paris Peace Center, Ron Pundak, who's the leading scholar on this and doesn't cut Whenever it off you quote right, before he's, right, before, know okay. right before he's refuted the way Dennis Ross did, presents he was involved in negotiations since before Oslo right through Camp David, up to the present. Got a long historical account of it. You can read it if you can read Hebrew. Some of it's in English. Uh, the one, all this smoke that was blown had to do with one fact that I mentioned, one. And you can check it, and please do. In the, in the first month of the Intifada, uh, I'm now using Israeli sources, 74 Palestinians were killed, four Jews in the occupied territories. The first few days... Uh, this is reported in the press here, Boston Globe. Israel was using U.S. helicopters to attack apartment complexes. Clinton reacted with the biggest deal in a decade. Check it out. It's in the public record. Not, it, not questioned by anyone to send uh, military helicopters to Israel. The, there has been a database search of the U.S. It was reported in Europe. It was reported by Amnesty International. It's reported in Jane's Defense Weekly, the main military magazine in the world. Uh, there was a database search of the U.S. press, and they found nothing. Uh, I know of explicit cases, and I'll be glad to tell them to you, where the press was approached and asked just to report. Why didn't zero? Okay. 
Chomsky, why didn't they report it? Are they bad reporters? What's their motive? Explain why the Times or the Post wouldn't report this great story from Planet Chomsky. Gentlemen, if I could... uh, From James uh, Defense uh, Weekly, uh, from uh, the international press and so on. Yeah, Uh, they wouldn't... You have to ask them why they didn't report it. And that, of course, the voice of Noam Chomsky in debate with Alan Dershowitz at Harvard's Kennedy School of Government. It's a debate that happened last month and that we're pleased to bring you here at KPFA. We're also offering it to you as a thank you gift if you can pledge $100 or more in support of KPFA so that we can continue to bring you in-depth coverage like this. The number to call is 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. You probably don't agree with everything you hear on KPFA. In fact, we know that when we air a debate like this, people probably don't agree with at least one side of it. Many people probably don't agree with both sides of it. But if you can believe in the value of a space where differences can be aired and where they can be aired thoroughly, and if you see that space becoming extinct in the mainstream media, then we need to hear from you now. 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. If you watch network news or cable news, then you know that the mainstream media doesn't just leave important issues uncovered. When it does take up issues like Israel and Palestine, it reduces them. It oversimplifies them. You get a few bloody images of a bombed bus, a superficial summary of diplomatic negotiations, and are left with very little understanding of the history and context of what's going on. At KPFA, it is our belief and our practice to bring you in-depth explorations of these issues. And we realize that in doing that, we will often be promoting perspectives you don't necessarily agree with. But we do it in the interest of advancing this society. If you can support the work we do, please call us at 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. This debate, which was put on by Harvard's Kennedy School of Business between MIT linguistics professor Noam Chomsky and Harvard law professor Alan Dershowitz I think exemplifies some of the best of KPFA uh, we are you are able to take two articulate well-read and very bitterly divided people put them in the same room and get a thorough airing of their differences you've heard just some of it the full DVD goes about an hour and 25 minutes uh, you hear them heat up as they start to field questions from the audience and interrupt each other in their excitement to get their opinions onto the floor. The moderator gets pretty flummoxed and has pretty much lost control by about 50 minutes in. If you would like a copy of this DVD, if you would like to be able to share it with people you know or a library or get it into a classroom, then please call us now at 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Think about what it's worth to you to have KPFA here. In a little bit over 20 minutes, as you're listening to Free Speech Radio News, you're going to hear an on-the-ground report from Occupied Palestine by Menard Jabrin about the impacts of the aid embargo that the United States is currently leading in that country. A full-on four-minute feature with interviews with people on the ground impacted by U.S. policy abroad, the kind of thing that is becoming extinct in the mainstream media. If you believe in that work, if you think KPFA and Pacifica should have reporters who are unembedded, who are independent, who are on the ground in the world's hot spots, bringing you their honest perspectives on what's going on there, then we need to know that we have your financial support to keep it happening.
We're independent because we rely on our listeners for our money, because we don't owe favors to advertisers or corporate underwriters or large grant makers, because 85% of our budget comes from you, our listeners. But right now, where we're at in this fund drive, we need more of you to come forward. Please step up to the plate now, 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. I've just been handed a note from the phone room. Three of our listeners have pulled their money to put up a $600 challenge to you. Muhammad of Fremont, Judith of Napa, and Paul of Tamales have collectively put up $600 in a challenge to us to raise $600 additional dollars in the five or six minutes we're going to keep fundraising. That means we need a bunch of you to call in right now. There's only three people on the line. We have a room full of volunteers, which means we can take nine more calls. But it means that you have to come through for KPFA right now. We have 10 lines open now. 10 lines open. Please call us at 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Think about what the kind of information that you get at KPFA is worth to you. And then think about what you spend on other forms of information in your life. If you pick up the newspaper for 50 cents in the morning on your way to work, you're spending close to $180 a year. How much do you value the reporting you get on Democracy Now!, on Free Speech Radio News, on Flashpoints, on the KPFA Evening News? If it's worth more than that to you, call us. If it's worth less than that to you, at least put a price on it. Call us and pledge your support at 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. What about your cable bill? What do you pay for the privilege of having Fox News and CNN piped into your living room? And how much time do you spend watching them versus listening to what we have to offer on KPFA? A $40 a month Comcast bill is nearly $500 a year. We're not asking for much. We operate on a shoestring here. There's a lot of people getting paid a lot less than they're worth and a lot more people getting paid nothing at all. But what we do get, we need. And what we need right now is for you to go to your phone and pledge your support to KPFA. 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-5732. Again, there's a $600 challenge match on the line. We have about six minutes left to make it. And we're offering as a thank you gift, if you're able to pledge $100 or more, a debate between Noam Chomsky and Alan Dershowitz on the future of Israel and Palestine, 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Nearly all our lines are open right now. And this is the prospect we face when we don't see people calling. Less independent news, more wire copy, less on-the-ground reporting, more repeated shows, less local programming. These are the things that cost money and that take resources and that KPFA has been able to do because it's been able to count on you for your support. If you've never given to KPFA before or if you've let your membership expire, if you haven't given in the last year, now is the time to take that step and come forward and say that you are here for Free Speech Radio. 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. We've been challenged to raise $600. There's a challenge on the line. That means if we don't raise $600 in the five minutes we have left, we have to offer that $600 back to the donors who put it up. Please, if you're out there, we need to hear from you now 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732 eight lines 
Seven lines open now. Please, let's fill them up. 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Just $25 gets you a basic membership subscription to KPFA. That gets you the right to vote in elections for our board. $100 will get you a copy of the DVD debate that you were just listening to. Noam Chomsky debating Alan Dershowitz on Palestine and Israel. 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. We have five lines open out, $600 on the line in just a few minutes to go during this fundraising period. Please, we're trying to make this $600 match. It means that if you give a contribution to KPFA now, you're effectively doubling it because you're helping to put us over the top so we can make that match. 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Thank you for that call. We have four lines open, 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Think about the snippets of that debate you heard and then think about what it would be like to watch the whole thing to check up on some of the references that Professor Chomsky hands out during the debate and then to share it with someone who kind of has a vague concept of what's going on in the Middle East but really no substantive background. You know, it's hard to hand someone a book and say, here, read up on what's going on. Take 15 hours out of your next week and figure it out. But you can give them a DVD or a CD and say, you know, watch it one evening when you get home from work or listen to it in the car on the way to work. It's a way to spread the word. We'd like you to do that because that's the business we're in. 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Those are the numbers to call if you want to pick up a DVD copy of the debate between Noam Chomsky and Alan Dershowitz last month on the future of Israel and Palestine. It's available for a pledge of $100 or more. And of course... The most important gift you get with a pledge of any amount to KPFA is the continued existence of this radio station. For 57 years, we have been bringing you independent thinkers, critical analysts, news from sources that are not regularly seen in the mainstream media. If you value that work, then we need to know that we still have your support. If we do not have the support of our listeners, then this station, the first listener-sponsored station in the country, the pioneer for grassroots community media, is in trouble. And with KPFA, it goes the rest of the independent media movement. Please, we have nine lines open now. We need to hear from you. 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Just about two minutes